Welcome to the L1A Podcast, a space to connect, communicate, and collaborate for the advancement of the kingdom in North America and beyond. Here we will discuss the disciple-making movement that is happening in this Western context and the return to God's design for discipleship, church, and life. So I think this is probably one of the most important talks that we've done because always, people always have questions about the finances. And I think that Jesus talked a lot about the way that we use the finances, that they're not ours, that they're his, uh, where we're storing up treasure. And so the question is about, like, as we're trying to live and manifest those things on earth, like kingdom economics on earth, as his followers, as his disciples, and as his churches, and as the church, how do finances work in a self-governing, sustaining, and, and propagating church? So that is both churches and the church. So Tom, Stacy, and I have been actually trying, attempting to live this out from the church that meets in our home, which basically has been going for eight years. And actually doing that um, locally from Tampa, nationally and actually collaborating in some ways with the church in Louisville, okay, yeah. and globally. So I think leading with you, then getting Stacy's context of that and how working together as a help meet to the initial catalyst um, in Tampa, this will be a robust conversation and um, I might be under the bus <laughs> once or <laughs> twice, okay? So why don't you try to kick us off and um, as succinctly and as clearly as possible because most people are like, how does that work? Because they're so used to just like church as we know it, or a legacy model where the plate is passed or they give online through this stuff and really a large amount of those funds go for operational costs that are inside of um, that model. And what we're doing is something that's dramatically different. So take a stab at all that. I think there's a question in there somewhere, man. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. You know, uh, just... As, I, as I've been just kind of raised up in church and, and, and life, I, I couldn't help but notice that some people would think outside the box and uh, whether it's with software or with a way to do business or uh, they, would, they would innovate in some way and discover that they could do really well financially if they would just think outside the box. Uh, and others have suffered greatly for it. Uh, and, and they've tried to do some innovation and it just didn't work. You know? and, so um, I've given an example in, the, in a previous talk about a, a pump that just a series of valves would, would be placed in this pipe. It would be set in running water and that that water itself would drive water up, uphill, and that there was no electricity needed to pump that water. And that kind of innovation was, was fantastic. It didn't require electricity. Yeah, that's amazing. Right, so no cost. You're yeah. able to have you know, water with, with pressure. And so, uh, and, and things like that. It got me thinking, well, what about the church? If this is happening in, in the physical, what about in the spiritual and in That's God's good. economy? Right? Surely thinking outside the box would, would help us to, to maybe innovate and, and be able to use resources and a better stewardship to, to see God's kingdom multiply greater. And, and so uh, I just thought about, what about the New Testament? I mean, that's, yeah. you know, let's, what if we don't innovate at all in a sense of, uh, doing something new. What if we do something old, something yes. original? 
And in Acts chapter 2 and 4, there's, we see this model, right, where uh, in 2 Corinthians 8, we, we hear the, this theory of, of the sharing. And no one was in need, and there was an abundance. Yes. And uh, if someone had a need, they would, they would sell things, right? And so um, out of that abundance, you're able to help others. So that was a theory of mine. I, as I'm looking around, I, I see some churches trying to do that. And, and I just say, Lord, if there's ever an opportunity, I would love to put this into practice. And so when we moved from a farm setting to the city, we were able to, we were able to begin this by purchasing an apartment complex. And it starts with one person being willing to make a sacrifice and say, it's not, I'm not just going to provide for myself. I'm going, to, I'm going to do something in a way that makes it easier for others. And so buying an apartment complex for us seemed like the best way to do that. And so now our budget, our bills covered the apartment complex of three apartments rather than just our own family, okay? So uh, if, if no one moved in, we were within a few hundred dollars for our own budget. When other people moved in, we were able to say, hey, let's share things. And, and these other people moving in were other people that wanted to live on mission with us, uh, other people that wanted to be all in and make disciples and multiply. And so we said, let's put our funds together very practically, one account, and then what, what debts do you have, what's your bills, and hey, these are our bills. And, and let's have, have someone steward this. Someone has to write the checks. And, and we're just going to talk about it every week and where the money's going and what we're doing. And so from a very practical standpoint, as a collaborative, as, a, as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we decide together what the money is going to go toward. So we have operating expenses. We have uh, a savings account, an emergency fund. Right? Uh, several of us took Dave Ramsey's, you know, Financial Peace University. Man, we, we took these things, we, right? And so we want to be. It's my jam. Yeah, so there's a common thread here. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> right? Stewardship is stewardship. And good stewardship we all recognize. And so we wanted an emergency fund, we wanted operating expenses, a little fund for taxes, and then as a, as a group. But then as individuals, we understood that everyone's bills needed to be paid. What, about, what do you do about fuel? Well, okay, well, what if we sell people money for their fuel instantly? Right after they, right after they get fuel in their car, take a picture of it, send it to the, the one stewarding of the checkbook, and they will sell the money directly to them. Okay, we've got, we've got fuel taken care of. Well, what about food? Okay, well, $40 per person, you know, is going to take care of each individual's food. And, and hey, what if we use Ibotta? What, what if we use some of these other couponing apps and, and we coupon? And now we're doubling and tripling our, our buying power, right, to, to be able to, to buy groceries uh, for very little. Well, what about, like, the grease? Like, Dave Ramsey, what about the grease that kind of greases the wheel? Well, we have a blow fund. So, you know, everybody gets a little bit of money. Uh, 25 bucks a week for blow. So, and then if you need something, we encourage people as individuals to have their own separate little emergency fund, you know, a few hundred dollars, a thousand, whatever, you got it in your own account. Everyone has their own checking accounts. And that way, if you need to buy something, you buy it, and then you send in a request, hey, I had to buy this, and, or hey, is it okay if I get this? And yeah, we'll refund, we'll re reimburse you after the fact. So very practically, everything's being paid for. Yeah. And now we're living intentionally and on, on a budget. And so we have an abundance. Well, out of that abundance, we get to decide what to do with that. So we want to see multiplication happen overseas. We want to see our persecuted brethren helped. And, and so intentionally giving out of the overflow, 20% to the persecuted, 20% to, to fund mission trips uh, nationally and abroad. And we want to get out of debt. 
like it's going out of style. We want to see this that snowball kind of thing just just take effect, and, and we want to see every brother and sister in our community, in our in our fellowship, to be debt free and able to do the thing that God is calling them to do, whatever that is. Free. So if you're with us for, for free, yes, free to receive, free to get. Yeah. We we want to see. Uh, people out of debt so that they can then do whatever God's calling them to do. Maybe God's not calling them to stay with us forever. Maybe maybe He's got He's going to send them on a mission, or their work is going to send them somewhere else, or something's going to happen. But then they can do the same thing there yes. that they're doing there, and they are more prepared to do that, yeah. having lived in the model yeah. and having been more free because of less debt. Yeah. So interestingly, it'll be a good segue to Stacy. Um, at the time of this shooting, it's going to be a couple couple of weeks, maybe, okay, that part of the church in Louisville that's living inside of that community are going to come to Tampa and just hang out with us. So those didn't happen. We didn't know one another when we began walking in these ways, but we got connected. So now in Tampa, Stacy's been there since the beginning, and uh, it wasn't as pristine, I think, as what you started at. But could you talk about the way that we try to live pretty similarly as churches in the church that began with your crazy catalyst husband in March of 2013 from our home? And one thing I love about Stacy, she'll say, like, uh, I'm the, the visionary up there getting it and stuff, but I might not be as granularly in the details. And uh, the way that we're operating is remarkably similar to what you are as a, both as uh, a lot of house churches, but as a city church as well. So can you sort of try to unpack that, Stacy, so people can understand, or maybe in your bullet point way, if you can. Yeah. Actually, I have a question for Tom. Okay. Based on what Tom just said. Do you ever find that like there's jealousy because somebody in your group has an iPhone 7 and somebody else has an iPhone 11 or I mean when you talk about sharing the funds and it's like if I want to go get a new cell phone like yeah I mean do you ever see anything like that you know there's uh, there's a, a love that has to permeate so if there's if there's selfish ambition and jealousy, and we we hear in the word that that there's going to be all types of fruits of the flesh. There's going to be all types of wickedness, and, mm. and so really the the main guiding principle is that we love God with all that we are, and we love one another deeply, right? So if that is in place, then then I'm not going to desire to have the best of everything, and my brother or sister be okay with just something to get by. There's a there's a desire to say, hey, I'll be, out of great love, I think the money would be better spent on helping my brother or sister get out of debt or helping the persecuted church or helping you know love my neighbor because my neighbor needs this or needs that. And what why do I need quote need the, the newest iPhone or the newest uh, product, the newest this, the best car, the best whatever, the best clothes, we can share. We can we can purchase things on discount. We can we can do things in a, in a better stewardship out of great love. And so if, if we start to see a pattern, because you're living in community, you're living together, you know, across the street from one another, you're spending your days together. If you start to see a pattern of a brother or sister who is always needing to have the best, the newest, the shiniest, 
then you'll see that pattern emerge over just a few months or a few weeks. And there's some accountability. And there's accountability. <clears throat> the beauty of this that I see is like we're spread out. We have, but that's a micro model that can spread. So in other words, like in hours, and I'll, I'll pass it off again, Stacey. I think, did he answer your question? Yeah. Okay, so, you, so think about Pinellas as that little microcosm. Think about... Hillsboro and where we are there, and then think about where we're at in the other one. So take a stab at yeah. explaining how that functions completely as a decentralized church, because you your your model of church was you grew up in the church that you go to, okay, and um, the preacher preached and people put money in the offering plate, and uh, that was a model that you grew up with your whole life, and you're living into something yeah. completely different now. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. Talking about people's money like gets really awkward and really uncomfortable, right? So somebody wants to start coming into my my checking account, we'll be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, step back. I mean, that's the flesh, right? And um, when Lee first proposed to me that, hey, I want to start doing this house church model, um, the first thing I said, one of the very first things I said was, you're not going to invite our friends to our house and us think that we are asking them to give us money every week mm. because that's what church did, right? You you pass the offering plate every week and everybody gave their money. And that's what I've done, you know, my entire life is, you know, I watched my parents do it. I watched my dad do it. I watched him write that check every single week and throw that in the offering plate. And that's what I did as, a, as an adult. That's what I've always done. I write that check, throw it in the offering plate. So... <clears throat> That was a part of, you know, my misthinking in that, wow, we're going to invite people to our, we don't, we don't need their money. Like, we don't need their money. We have jobs. We work good, you know. So, but what ended up happening was I, you used the word free while ago. I just find that in our house church model, the freedom for us, and I say us, that is our church, our house church to determine what we want to do with the money that's given. So we have our people, we don't say you have to give 10% or 15% or 20% or whatever it is. Like they give what they have available to give. They give that to our house church. And we as a group decide where we want to spend our funds. You know, because we're not living in community like it sounds like you're, you guys are. We are individual individual homes, but we all come together. spread out. Yeah, so we're spread out across. But I like the freedom of hearing that somebody needs their car repaired. And it's going to cost $1,000. And our house church raises their hand and says, we all agree as a whole, here's $1,000 for you to go repair your car. You know, And have receipts. And actually that's central. And we actually do that as the church and calling the church and multiple churches doing those things like that in agreement as not just in agreement as a network of churches that are the church that those needs are being to share with so it's the same thing you're doing right yeah it's just it can multiply so we can take those multiple house churches in the tampa bay area and we find there's a need in the community where we're you know we're working on community transformation we can find out there's a need for a fence to be put up. There's a need for bamboo to be planted. There's a need for sports equipment. 
and we can come together as a city church and donate that money. And so, like I said, so to me, it's that freedom of where the money's being spent. It's that choice. And I mean, Lee's had so many people come to him over the past several years, um, especially during COVID when we weren't going to churches, what with my money? And it's like, you know what? Like, you don't have to give it to that traditional church, that building. Like, give your money to who you want to based on what God is telling you, based on what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do with your finances. Um, so to me, that's that's a little bit of freedom and something I appreciate um, with our house church. So the stewardship of those resources we actually got, got as followers of Jesus, as disciples, that are your wife and you and your home and your kids is the church that meets in your home that has a larger group that the community of other churches in Louisville and Tampa, we're completely able to share both locally, nationally, globally, a city as city to city and globally. So I think saying that's the church is like the whole church is like if there's one universal church body right how are we able to do that as disciple multiplying disciples churches and doing all of the great the great commission and the great commandment with one another and the fact is that we can actually do that yes it doesn't we can actually just we can do acts chapter two we can do acts chapter four at every level intentionally just the way that you're doing it and, and we're doing it in Tampa completely that way. And the, it's what's incredible with from a boastful way of understanding the how we've been able to be obedient, to be a blessing to our persecuted brothers and sisters globally, not as a parachurch organization, not, not condemning that, but we didn't have to have that. To do. It wasn't a requirement. To be able to do that, but to be able to do that as the church. And so the same way that you bought an apartment thing, our churches got together and we bought a field. You've seen it. Yes. And we just gave it to the community for them to have a garden on, man. For them to be able to play soccer and and basketball on, okay? And to model, what's that? That's the church. That's the church in the community. Right. And... We're sharing that, right? We're demonstrating that as salt and light. And that looks remarkably different in Louisville (laughs) and in Tampa in a Western context of another model that we're used to. But the more that we do that and we deal with the finances that way and self-governing, sustaining, and propagating churches from city to city, the larger the example becomes. It um, is spreading them as followers of Jesus, as disciples and churches, doing all this stuff, doing all of this, all of this commandments to every person, every people, every place. But it can be executed in an administrative and operational way. So I read the same stuff, same Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, and Acts chapter 6. That was the one. They were pioneering the model then, right? The first one at Jerusalem. But they were caring for the widows yes. in the daily administration, the daily administration, if we read the King Tom Bible, okay? Right. So they were actually functioning with finances. People had to buy food. 
people had to distribute food, okay? And they were doing that as disciples, as churches that met from house to house, and they were do and they were feeding the widows on a daily basis. There were obviously purchasing of food. There was distribution of food. There was there was economy. Yes. They were functioning inside that economy. The question is, is how do we do that better so that we can model that and have more kingdom impact? Would you have any thoughts, bro? Yeah, I think uh, I think anytime that we collaborate and uh, cooperate, communicate between churches, that there's a sharpening and there's a, a growth that happens. And uh, the, I think anytime we're talking about money, like you guys have said, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will yeah. be also. And so this is a, this becomes a hard issue. We understand that apart from God, we can't do anything, that, that it all belongs to Him. It's not our money. It's not, you know, um, it's not I earned it, it's mine. It's, right. it's, you know, it's, it's freely we've been given. We've been given the intellect, we've been given the, the physical abilities. Amen. We're just stewarding yeah. the very resources that, that the Father is, is allowing us, permitting us to use. And so I think doing this and sharing ideas, sharing scripture, discussing it, and uh, it's gonna help us. Amen. As well as all of this stuff has to be contextualized. So what works in India might be a little different in America based upon tax laws and, uh, and uh, government requirements. And, and so some of these things are very simple and it's just house to house and it doesn't require great regulation you know, for oversight from government. Um, others, other things in other places may require some things. And, and so because we know that simple things multiply, simple things grow, we wanna keep things as simple as possible. We want to see rapid multiplication happen in, in a healthy way. As, as Curtis Sargent said, we can multiply bad stuff like cancer. We want to make sure that the things we're multiplying are both, are both good and pleasing to the Lord, but, but they're simple and easily reproducible. And I think anytime we talk about this, we sharpen one another and, and help to simplify things down. I think we got to, we can't ignore, like those are questions that you always have. What about this? And I think we need to be able to answer them and not just be an answer, but we need to be able to model them that we're practicing them. And the more that we do that with one another, we're, we're, the better we'll get at it. Amen. Keep doing what you're doing, you'll get better at it. That's right. Thanks. What, what are your thoughts about that? Because I would like, for me, like I knew nothing, but I was really in a hurry to get there. And she, uh, uh, like Stacy would say, like, uh, please the balloon, okay? And I'm pulling them back down to earth on how we actually Please the accelerator that. on the brake. <laughs> but we've found that over time, that's not always necessarily a good thing, that Lee is supposed to be up in the clouds sometimes and he is supposed to be moving fast sometimes. So um, I've, you know, learned my lesson a couple of times when Lee says he's heard from the Lord, then I'm like, okay, it's heard from <laughs> you know, but from a finance perspective, I appreciate the word that you talked about. You use the word sim simple, and it really is back to basics, back to simplicity. When we first got married, I was combining a checking account with somebody else for the first time in a long time. And I would always use the term, my money, my money, my money. And Lee would like, time out, not your money, not your money, not your money. You know, it's God's money kind of stuff. And um, we make decisions together. But, oh, my goodness, when we first got married, I, I mean, I have a list this long of all the things and all the people that he was 
buying stuff for, giving money to, donating items to it. I'm like, Lee, time out, time out. So we set aside like, okay, this is the amount of money that we're gonna set aside that we're going to donate to. Like, this is the money you can give it to whoever you wanna give it to, whatever you wanna give it to. Um, so that we're not having these awkward conversations of me saying, who did you give a thousand dollars to? Why did you give somebody a thousand dollars? So we just had to, I think it was for me. And I like that you said too, it's a heart thing for me. It was like letting go of that flesh. Um, I still struggle. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I still, I still struggle with it. Um, but, um, I, I think I've relaxed a little bit and recognizing that even if it's going to the grocery store and buying $150 worth of groceries, that that's serving God's people. Whether it's just giving somebody 50 bucks to go buy a pair of shoes for a job interview, that's serving God's people. God's people have a need and it's our responsibility, as you just said, to take care of our brothers and sisters. So one of the elders that you know in um, our city church, Dominic Spudo, like the first reason for Sunday collections was to care for the suffering brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. So we, as a part of a city church that's a completely organic, decentralized network of house churches, it is definitely like what you said, what's the priority? But we're operating freely that way to recognize that God um, loves them and it's through that suffering and helping them as being in chains with them that actually movement, like multiplication is furthered that way. And it's that it's his and that's how he wants it to be, like the illustration you get. It needs to flow. It has to flow inside of a kingdom economy. And that starts from husband and wife, I believe, the church of twos in their home. So that's what I'm getting. The same way you and your wife and your family from your home, it started from there. Hey, God wants us to move from here to here to do this, okay? That's exactly the same thing inside of our marriage. This isn't ours. We're just in redeemed Adam and Eve. We're a New Testament Priscilla and Aquila as image bearers. But that's there. That's there. That's in a bunch of other people in Tampa and other cities in Louisville that we're doing that with one another. And if we keep doing it, we're going to continue to get better at it, you know? And we're going to obey. We're like, we're obeying. Like, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. And we're trying to train others right now. Like, we're not very good at it, okay? We're just getting started. But God is able to do exceeding abundantly above the, all that we ask or think for his glory. So I'm so honored, Tom. Love you with my whole heart. Uh, I'm so grateful for the help meet that God gave to me to be able to, to live into these things with one another so so i do want to say one more thing that you it, it, what something you just said sparked it when you mentioned dominic spudo one of the elders um in at the church in tampa i he talks about money a lot and because he i mean is very passionate about the persecuted church around the, the globe and i heard him speak to a group of individuals one time about money and he said, have you ever thought about how much money you give your server at a restaurant? No. You give 15, 20, 30, if you really like them, find out they're a young college student, you might even give them a little bit of extra. 
but yet sometimes we don't even want to give five or ten percent to God. And he said, think about that. And that made an impression on me. It's like, I'm going to give 20% to somebody who brought me a plate of food. Mm. They didn't make it. They just brought it from the kitchen to my table. I'm giving them 20% of my restaurant bill because they did that for me. But yet we're not willing to give or we push back on giving a modest 510, whatever people think they should give to the Lord. So in close with this statistic around the persecuted, I think it's appropriately because the question was, how do finances work in self-governing, sustaining, propagating church? Well, obviously being free enough to be able to do that from a heart of love by this shaman, and know you're my disciples that you have love one for another. So the people that are actually dying for the gospel, like I'll share this statistic. In a North American and a Western context, less than one-tenth of one percent goes to care for our persecuted brothers and sisters that are really dying for the gospel. That's a bad model. So we can talk about it, but we can also, it's not good enough just to talk about it. You got to be able to do it. You got to be able to obey it. You got to be able to show others, model that for others what that is. I'm grateful that I get to engage in that um, with both of you guys. Let's share one more thing. Sure. All right. So we we had a we had a gentleman ask us. So let me get this right. In order to be part of your group, I have to give everything that I that I make. <laughs> and uh, so let me just get that right. <laughs> and so listen so now. You we have we have two ways to join the fellowship. You can join the fellowship, our, our church fellowship, and and be part, just like you guys are doing in Tampa. You can do that exact thing. Uh, you can live in the community or you can you can drive in from another uh, another part of the neighborhood. You can, and you can be part of a house fellowship, just like you guys are doing. We're doing the exact same thing. And you can give to that house church and you guys can share with the neighborhood, exactly the same. But we also offer another way within that to say, if you would like to live in the neighborhood on mission, you could purchase your own home, but you could also be part of this common account. You can live wherever you want, but if you want to be part of the common account, you would be living really close. And we're going to do life together on the daily. And yes, we give 100% of everything that comes in both to end. that common account. Both end. Both end. But both are options. And both are equally yeah. part of the fellowship, part of our, our church fellowship. No one is looked at as any better or less than. We're all brothers and sisters. No one knows what anybody makes, and no one knows uh, anybody's debt. It's just a sharing and a loving. So, Tom, I'm, like, if we actually got the picture, okay, like, we're a part of the same fellowship, aren't we, bro? We are. Like, we're a part of that fellowship. You are. Right? You really are. Like, like everybody <laughs> everywhere yes. is a part of that fellowship. Like, how much we enter into this fellowship, okay, mm. like, is they all continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper. They had all things in common. At that level of connecting, at that level of love. And that becomes really hard because the rich young ruler went away. 
because we have much riches. Yeah. We gotta face that stuff. Yeah. We gotta face that. And not condemn, but we gotta model both in. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the L1A podcast. If you are interested in learning more about this topic or getting connected with the other disciple makers in your area, visit loveoneanother.life. Again, that's loveoneanother.life.